Welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I am your host, Jonathan. You know, I was trying to think of a casual topic for the podcast this week, and then via Providence, although we're not really going to talk much about Providence today, but let's say attrition, chaos, random mathematics, handed me a topic in the form of a headline that James Randi passed. Now, back in 2010, with not much happening as the country was still recovering from the Great Recession, my late friend Shane and I were running two podcasts. The first explored the concepts of libertarianism, where I played the foil to these guests who wanted to make real those things that are better off left as drunken thought experiments. Kind of like how America started. The second podcast was for skeptics and the skeptic community. We ended up having a wide range of guests on our show. Uh, the ones that were not skeptics would be people who were into exopolitics and who were actually leading the way for exopolitics. Uh, on the other side, we had skeptics. We had Dr. Michael Shermer, we had Nick Gillespie, we had others who were in the JREF orbit, and I was realizing that the Venn diagram between skeptics and libertarians of a certain tax bracket was nearly a circle. Shane had been making inroads at the time into the skeptic community, he had been for years actually, and asked me if I wanted to join him in Las Vegas for the amazing meeting. I looked it up and figured this would probably be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and since I was living in a very rural part of the country at the time, almost anything was more appealing than all the nothing that was happening around me. I mean, the nearest live music venue was an hour away by car. So we met up in Las Vegas, went to our hotel suite, and then went to the convention center to register for the amazing meeting eight and pick up our swag, which was the t-shirt. I think I still have it in a drawer. It, you know, hadn't had an eight ball on it. It, it. it was it was pretty cool. I don't remember much from the first night because I was really tired and I was watching people and trying to get a read of the crowd. What defines skeptics? Is it like nihilism light? where you proclaim that you don't believe in anything, but have a bumper sticker that reads, will break for facts. I didn't quite understand it. Uh, Shane and I ended up going to the bar and talking with some people and then going back to our suite to lay down some tracks for a song or two because Shane played guitar and, and I used to sing way back when. The second day was much livelier. Everyone had rested, uh, eaten breakfast. Massimo gave a great and impassioned speech about rational thinking. I certainly enjoyed listening to Phil Platt and then hanging out with him for a bit after his presentation, which the topic was, uh, don't be a dick, or at least that's how he led into it. Basically, it's okay to be a skeptic, but dismissing the notion that there are, in fact, unknowns or becoming the stereotypical debunker, you know, let's once again look at Philip Class as the prime example, was not a cool thing to do. Adam Savage also gave a speech, and then 
someone uh, who felt the moon landing was indeed faked kept badgering him about something, his methodology, and, and just wouldn't shut up and let other people ask questions. And that person was ejected from the audience. You know, later that day, Richard Dawkins showed up, a man whose misogyny has aged like fine milk, and he also made an appearance to sign books and give a keynote speech, which I took as my sign to go to the bar. At the time, I smoked cigarettes. Nasty habit, it'll stunt your growth. So I would take breaks and go down to the lobby and attempt to further figure out what the skeptic community actually meant. What was their unified philosophy other than, hey, we're skeptical. And, and during that break, I uh, got to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Joe Nickel. I remember Joe Nickel from an episode of In Search Of, where he was demystifying the Shroud of Turin. And to give you an idea of how long ago In Search Of was, Joe was 28 in that episode. Uh, <laughs> we had a great conversation. Very likable guy. He gave me some Joe Nickel Nichols, which essentially are wooden nickels with Joe Nichols' name on them. And, and you know, I, again, I like Joe Nickel the person. I'm not necessarily big on Joe Nickel the modern-day skeptic. Joe Nickel the modern-day skeptic has used owl eyes as the explanation for everything from extraterrestrial sightings, um, including the Kelly Hopkinsville goblins and the Flatwood monster. Joe Nickel the modern-day debunker, I don't really care for him. I think some of his methods are a bit too involved to explain things when simpler truths are available. Uh, this happened when he did a demonstration of what the Roswell accident crash was. He was the other side of the conspiracy theorist coin, or nickel as it were. And that was the first piece of the puzzle that clicked with me about this group. I certainly remembered the presentation by Karen Stalsnow because I'd read a number of her pieces and enjoyed and still enjoy listening to Monster Talk. Throughout it all, though, there was James Randi, regaling the audience with stories of how he learned magic as a young kid, his friendship with Johnny Carson, and where this whole skeptic movement was going, and what the point was to it all. Out in the hallway, during an intermission, I walked up to him just to start a conversation. He seemed very happy that this was my first time at the amazing meeting. I should have told him that I'd been following his work all along and that I was interested in the JREF. But because my brain was already overstimulated from the crowd and, you know, I'm <laughs> socially awkward, all that came out was that I first saw him on an episode of Happy Days and I remembered interviews he did for Twilight Zone and Omni Magazines. We walked through the halls talking about misinformation and the rise of small pockets of online culture that are far too willing to believe in the unexplained, as well as draw uninformed lines between dots or simply make up their own dots if none are available through hard research. And he wanted to make sure I showed up to see Banachek the Mentalist. I guess he could read me and thought it might be a way to bridge the gap between the dazzle of entertainment and the brass tacks behind the magic curtain. So, later, 
When I walked into the auditorium for the show, James Randi greeted me by name and wanted me to sit near him. Well, as near as I could get without being in the many reserved seats in his immediate vicinity. The show was impressive. I like being entertained by mentalists, and at no point did I think he was actually reading people's minds. It's very fast and very elevated people reading. Mingling with the crowd back at the casino was certainly interesting. There were the usual people who wanted to impress others, possibly to get laid that night. There were the Jeffersonian libertarians. There was the proto-Reddit crowd. I think Dig was still a thing back then. So Reddit hadn't quite achieved the status of being the hot new bottom of the internet barrel. However, I did hear the word sheeple used on more than one occasion by folks who hung on every word that James Randi and other guests uttered, live-blogging their speeches as they went. In the end, the amazing meeting, to me, could have been a Star Trek convention, could have been Dragon Con, a LARP, or any subsect of society with people who had a common interest, who were gathering in a place free of the more incredulous judgments of outsiders. It just so happened that this one was for skeptics. I appreciate the work of James Randi, the work he did in the field of exposing frauds, showing every kid how to get a bag of chicken giblets and use them for our own psychic surgery spectacles. I like how he shed light on New Age tent revivalists like Yuri Geller and faith healers like Peter Popoff, both of whom are active to this day, despite widely available information that they are neither psychic nor divine in their powers, respectively. And this is where I'll insert an afterword in this rather short podcast, because I'm still resolving the equation between the professional and the personal. The art and the artist, if you will. Shortly after the amazing meeting ate, and through no fault of your narrator, surprisingly, the skeptic community just kind of splintered and broke down. There were allegations of sexism and misogyny, headlines like Lord Save Us from Skeptical Men, White Creeps like Lawrence Krauss are skeptical of everything but their own bias, and Rebecca Watson's excellent article, Why I Won't Be Attending the Amazing Meeting This Year, published in June of 2012. I talked with my late friend Shane and asked him if he was seeing anything of this nature up close and personal, and he told me with a heavy heart that, yes, there seemed to be a lot of sexism in the skeptic community, and it appeared to be something the leadership in the movement were turning a blind eye to. You know, the free market will sort it out and all that. I peeked in on the circles I joined or interacted with during my time at the convention, and... Yes, there was blatant sexism, even racism, and in one case, anti-Semitism. And I thought that was only reserved for conspiracy theorists. Not that conspiracy theorists should be launching a movement to take that back. Truth be known, that kind of put me off from the whole skeptic thing, and actually signaled my break from podcasting in general, until now, obviously. I realized it's a lot easier to not encourage bad behavior and to not make horrible remarks about people that alienate others. Though, I mean, I doubt I'm going to see any skeptics in my demographics after this episode. But anyway, yeah, 
James Randi passed today. He did a lot of work exposing charlatans and bringing together rational thinkers. Beyond that, I advise you to do your own research. I'll put some handy links in the show notes. So, next week I'll be back with a tale of an unidentified being that was seen from different vantage points by multiple people. What is it? What did it do? I'll tell you. I know the story very well because I was one of the witnesses. And then we have our Halloween special. That's right. All the entries are in, so make sure you listen on October 31st for some creepy fun. The nice kind, not the weird call the cops kind. So until then, sleep tight. <laughs>